Welcome to Faith at Eight. I'm Shanna. I'm Jill. We are two friends helping turn your eyes from the world to the Word through candid conversations fueled by Jesus and more Jesus. And today on Faith at Eight, we're back in the idolatry study and we are talking about religion. And so this topic is is kind of covering the traditions and ministry if you're following along in the Daily Grace idolatry study. Yes, it is. When, when we get to ministry, I have like a whole, whole, oh my goodness. But I guess we should start at traditions. Well, I think but traditions like- is kind of an easy spot to start because mm-hmm. when we really start to step back and we think about the traditions and what we do and, and in time periods of my life where I haven't really understood like Christmas or Easter, but I mm-hmm. look at what I remember is the traditions of it and how much emphasis we put so much emphasis on the activities or the things that we're doing, like I didn't understand what Lent was or what Advent was until two, three years ago, which I, you were Catholic and I was Catholic. So like growing (laughs) up Catholic, but not understanding what Lent or Advent was until a few years ago was really, when I was going through the section of the study, I was like, Oh, we really were making the traditions an idol. Like we were making the Easter bunny. We were making, we go to McDonald's and have fish fry on Fridays. The idol, it was just really interesting to me that, that how I grew up, I would have never thought that the traditions were taking Mm -hmm. on an idolatrous nature, but truly it was because it wasn't coming from the space of me understanding why they were happening or what it was going. It was just, Oh, this is the day that we do this. And Oh, I can't wait for this. Or, you know, Oh, Christmas, um, you know, advent calendar, we get to make chocolates, but it wasn't about making chocolates, you know, and, and just, it really has put me in a position where now I have been studying and understanding and helping my children understand that it's not about what we're doing. It's about why are we doing the things that we're doing and the why behind it will exist whether or not we put a tree up or we put chocolates in Mm -hmm. a calendar or the Easter bunny comes. You made your own advent calendar? We did. I, one year, my mom got a little chocolate tray and we melted chocolate and put it like, this is how much I remember it. Right. And so melted chocolate and put it in, put it in the fridge or in the Florida room, you know, Wisconsin, it was cold back there and then popped them out. And then we put them in the little boxes for the advent calendar. Look at that. Mama York, you're amazing. No, we, didn't, know. we did make cookies though. Um, and I even think sometimes our worldly traditions, we start putting them on the same level as actual, like religious traditions or church traditions. So if your kids are in the room, I'm about to talk about a topic that you might not want them to hear about. Yeah. So that's your warning. Give you a moment. There you go. You can either pause right now or continue playing. Put headphones on. Okay. So the other day I had to make the decision to tell my children about the truth of the Easter bunny and Santa Claus um, and the tooth fairy and all those things. And, and this decision was made because they were asking me questions of like, oh, well, is the Easter Bunny real? Oh, of course the Easter Bunny is real. Is Santa Claus real? Yes. Who got left your presents? Well, then is Jesus real? And I'm like, oh, they are equating Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, Jesus, God, all on the same playing field. They they see them as equals. And I was it's like, like holidays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dang. And then I was like, okay, well, we got to pause this one and go back. And I was like, let's go back. 
is the Easter bunny real? No, the Easter bunny is not real. They're like, but you just said it was. I'm like, mommy lied. And that's the stand. I'm going to have to repent for it. I apologize. Um, and so then I'm even as I'm telling them, and this is no judgment to anyone that has taught their kids that those things are real. I was too. Then there was even this moment of like, oh my gosh, I literally am teaching my kids not to lie. And then I'm lying to them in an effort to preserve some childhood that I think is only going to be, um, look a certain way if they believe in these things and, um, and, and having these conversations. And it just literally was like a mind blowing moment where I was like, these have become idols in their lives. And I've created them as idols because in, in following these traditions and these folk tales are my children do see them as equals. They do not see, because even that that movie with Tim Allen, um, the Santa Claus, I think it's like the second or third one, the Tooth Fairy is in the movie too. And so is um, Jack Frost and all these things. So they they are now seeing all these, all these um, I'm going to call them folk tales for lack of knowledge, as, as equals. And like, I had to have a moment where I was like, okay, no, they're not equals because Jesus is real and we can go through and luckily we're doing an ancient civilization unit and the archaeologists and explain to them how like we have proof through archaeological um, expedition that that Jesus walked the planet and that he is real and and that the and all of this stuff and I had to like Saint Nick is real and so that's where Saint Nicholas came from but no Santa Claus does not leave you um, presents under a tree mommy does that um and then they're like well then who puts money under my pillow mommy and they're like wow mommy you're busy right <laughs> then alex is like does that mean we don't have to do easter baskets anymore i'm like no we're doing easter baskets it just is gonna look different he's like no grass anymore i'm like okay no grass but it was really interesting and i had to have like a heart check because i was trying and and it wasn't that um like, oh, the worldly, it was that I, I was putting the tradi- the childhood traditions that made up my childhood and brought joy to my childhood. I was creating them as an idol and I was making it so that my kids have to believe in Santa Claus. You, my children have, if once the, my children don't believe in Santa Claus, that means their childhood's over. Like I was almost even idolatrizing, idolizing, ooh a hard word idolizing their the childhood aspect as much as the the tradition itself and um it was a very like oh no and then my husband was like you could have warned me I'm like I didn't know it was gonna go that way (laughs) I didn't know it just kind of was like yes 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 oh wait go back go back go Yeah. And again, this is not trying to, to shame anybody or be like, no, you shouldn't do. I mean, I, I still do. We're not at that point of that conversation yet. And, you know, I, I do, Jeff and I have talked about when we are ready for that, what is that going to look like? And, you know, making sure that as we do go through these seasons and we do go through these celebrations that we're very cautious of how we are portraying them. And I think that that's important too. And it's another great reflection point of, Mm -hmm. am I making the seasons about that? Or am I truly expressing to my children so that they learn why are we doing this? And there's the point where like your girls are brilliant. They're coming forward and saying, well, but this, this, and this, how could this be? And it's a great learning moment. And you as a parent get to decide, oh, hang on a second. Now's the time that my children have to know what the truth is. 
and they're ready for it and they're respecting that it's coming from you. And so it's not like you shouldn't ever do it or you should do it. You've got to decide what is best for your family and your children and when you tell them and if, and what that looks like, but you need to know where you're coming from Mm -hmm. when you are celebrating or what traditions you are um, participating in. Yeah. And I think, and I remember listening to a lot of podcasts leading up to this year about like people telling us if we should or shouldn't tell the kids the truth about Santa Claus and being like, when they find out, they find out. And and then having that moment of like, oh, like they, they see them as equals. So it, it, I agree. It is not, you're not a bad Christian. If your kids think Santa Claus is real, you're not a bad Christian. If they think that you're Easter, you're not a good Christian. If they don't think that he's real, they know that he's right. real. like, it, it right. is not a salvation issue. Um, it is a, do your traditions in your family put God in the rightful place? Yes. That's a great question. Is, is, you know, when you're looking at your traditions, are they putting God in the place of who he is and in his rightful place? Or is it drowning him out so that he is put on the same level playing field as the rest? And I don't think I ever, I know that I never intentionally did that. Um, and I have to say, if you're coming up on Easter here, um, the gather round has an amazing Easter study that homeschool or not homeschool. It's a two week study. It's a discipleship opportunity. I would highly recommend doing it because I think that's the first time that I really, we were never big Easter bunny people. Like I didn't talk about the Easter bunny. He didn't, he didn't, um, hide eggs around the house. I just kind of like, we would dye them for the fun of it. And that's what I told the kids. Oh, we're just doing this for fun. But the Easter Bunny did bring a basket. And um, last year, I think was the first year that I was like, we really emphasized the importance of Easter and that like Easter is even more important than Christmas because, um, you know, him being born is important, but him being raised to life is what actually actually made it all true. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just know, making, recognizing and doing an inventory of, of, the different, and it could not even be holiday family traditions. There's lots of mm-hmm. traditions um, that come to mind, but are they putting God in its rightful place? Yeah, I love that. And then going into the second part of, of today, ministry. And I know that you are just jumping out of your seat, ready to talk about ministry as an just, idol. Just go and like, listen to my story about how I made uh, ministry a hundred percent my idol, like a hundred percent. And I, I loved how they put it in the daily grace when they were like, Like these are the things that show if it's an idol. Um, When the purpose of our ministry becomes something else, we may be tempted to idolize it. If we search for identity, success, or recognition in ministry, it has become an idol. Check, did that. Um, If ministry is about serving others to get something in return, it has become an idol. Check, I did that one too. Um, If ministry becomes a performance for others to see, it has become an idol. Check. I did that one too. Look at me. A plus for me over here with idolatry. Um, If we claim to be leading people to follow Jesus, we are really leading them to follow us. Beware of idolatry. Yep. Did that one too. Um, Idolizing ministry can be dangerous in that outwardly it looks honorable whilst inwardly it is dishonoring to the Lord. Friends, I did it all like high A plus on idolatry. Idolizing ministry. I have done it. And, you know, I've talked about, um, you know, in, in my thing, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing or I served, but I was serving 
for me, I was not serving for God. I memorized everyone's names for kids check-in and I didn't do that to make it easier on them. I did it so they were impressed with how I had an amazing memory and I could memorize all their names. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, my identity was so wrapped up in my role in the church first and foremost, above all else, um, more so than anything else. I didn't, I don't think I went to service like three months before leaving that church because like, Oh, I didn't go to service. I was busy serving because I'm awesome like that. Um, and when we switched legs at church, I remember I was just talking to one of the, the kids directors the other day and she was like, oh, I remember in your file, it, like cap locks, like is not allowed to serve more than once a month because I was given a perfect provision sent from God. And my husband recognized like, no, 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 we're not doing what we just did. We're not doing this all over again. And I had to like slowly walk into it and make sure that in every aspect of it and in choosing to serve and how I was going to serve and where I was going to serve to make sure that it was about God and it wasn't about me. Hi, Mojo. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> he needed some love. And, you know, it's interesting because there's an opportunity that just came up and I normally would be like, yes, absolutely. Yes. And all of a sudden I sat in prayer because I was like, I don't know if I would say yes for the right reasons. And mm -hmm. It was, it took me a couple of weeks and this is where like you pray, you're not always going to get your answer right away. And sometimes it's just going to feel, and what started to come up was really recognizing the why for me behind it would have been, well, because that's the next step. And because that's just what I should do, but it wasn't where I actually felt called to be. And it was like this beautiful, humbling moment of understanding. I could say no, because it wouldn't be coming from the right place. But how many other times in my life have I said yes to something because, oh, well, then I could just put that badge on and then I could be like, mm -hmm. hey, I did this. And I saw that as God was giving me that opportunity again and say, how are you going to respond in this? Because, you know, it, it's always that waiting for, am I going to respond differently because I know differently for myself? And so I just got to walk away and feel so grounded in the fact that I said, not yet. Like it wasn't a, I'm going to say no all the time, but in this season, none of that would make sense. And I would be putting my family in a position of more stress and I would be in more stress and I couldn't fully commit to what that is. And if it's doing something for the church, I want to be fully committed where I'm showing up for that and not as like an extra, like, oh yes, of course. I just let me fill out the boxes so I can look at that and it's going to look really good. And I think sometimes we have to give our per ourselves permission to understand, am I choosing to do whatever it is for the right reasons? Yeah, absolutely. And, and my husband also had an opportunity, um, to, to go into a very large role at the church and, um, he prayed on it for a while, like a long time. And I was like, did you make your decision? Cause you've been like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you made it and I just didn't hear about it. And, um, and him making the decision to say no, which I know is a big step for him because he too, at our previous church, um, very much was, you know, he was serving for himself and for the recognition and, and not forgot it at towards the end there. And, and we've both just been trying to be more discerning about it. And even, um, we still have those moments and we have given each other permission to call out like, Hey, is this about you? Mm -hmm. Or is this about, about God? And, and who is this all about? And, and how is this coming across to others? And, um, and I think that, um, I think they said it very, very well here because, um, 
we, we, when we're serving from the outside, looking in, it looks like we're doing the right thing, but God knows the motives of our heart. Like that, our motives can't be hidden from him. So like, even though it might look good on the outside coming from the outside, looking in, um, God does know our motives. And I've had many occasions where I had to check my heart and be like, okay, am I saying yes to this for the reasons? Am I saying no to this for the right reasons? Um, Am I getting offended about this? Because it really, what they're saying is inappropriate or wrong or um, poor character, or is it because it says something about me and how I'm serving and I'm being like, I've had to walk through those often and check my heart constantly um, in my, in serving in a leadership role um, at our new church, because I know the path I went down before. And I was so down the path of idolatry and idolizing ministry that I actually had severed all relationship with, with God. Like I didn't even have a relationship with him. Um, it was all about everyone recognizing how amazing I was. And there's a beautiful moment when you can look back and reflect and say, you know what? I wasn't doing it right. And that's okay because you can recognize and you can move forward and do it differently. And I think sometimes we get caught up and say, well, I'm already in it this far. I can't change. And we forget we have the opportunity to say no. We have the opportunity to change. We have that opportunity. Um, just because of what you have done does not mean you don't have the opportunity to change things and say, I'm going to do them differently from here on out. And I think that that's what stops a lot of people. And that's mm-hmm. you know, other issues that, that we can get into later. And I have gotten into about like your past doesn't define where you're going. You know, God is always waiting for you. God is always sitting there being like, yeah, I, I know. I know you did that again. I mean, that's like a daily, right? Yeah, I know you sinned again and, and now you're here. <laughs> Let's move forward. But I think that we don't think it's possible when you're in the church, that we don't think you can make ministry an idol. And when you really reflect on it, you're like, oh, hang on a second. That can be a powerful moment, especially for somebody who is newer to their walk, somebody who is just getting into it. And all of a sudden, everything becomes about the church. Like they are living, Mm -hmm. they are breathing, they're in the church 24 seven because they think, well, this is what I need to do in order to be a good Christian. Mm -hmm. And they, they're not realized they're actually making that the idol. Yeah. Churchianity and Christianity are not the same thing. And um, we do become disciples of a church or a pastor. And it is important to honor our pastors. There are some great pastors up there, but honoring the pastor and praising and, um, discipling, like idolizing the pastor are not the same thing. And so we need to make sure we're honoring those, um, in ministry, not praising them and following them as if they are, they are Christ. And, you know, you, when you're in ministry, when you're in serving, you see a lot of it, you see so many, like I have conversations and like, well, no one says thank you. Okay. But if you're looking for humans to say thank you to you, you're not serving for the right reasons because God sees you. Mm-hmm. God sees you serving. God sees you faithfully serving. God sees your heart and your intentions behind it. Um, and what I've also found in being now in a leadership role is the ones that are truly serving from the from a heart of, I just want to serve God, they never complain. They're always just, just, happy to serve and they get so much joy from serving the Lord and the ones that aren't, 
um, I even say serving the Lord. They're just getting so much joy out of Jesus himself, just, just being in his mm-hmm. presence. And um, the ones that don't, you can hear it it is a struggle for them. Like they're constantly seeking recognition. They're constantly complaining about how people should do it their way. Um, well, why don't they do it this way? I think it'd be better this way. And, and vice and on and on and on. And it's like, you're not even getting joy out of, out of just being in his presence anymore because you've yeah. made it so much about serving. And that's just heartbreaking for me when I see that. Cause I'm like, girl, I have gone down and I say girl, because my entire team that I, I lead is all women. Uh, but like, I have been down this path and this is not a good path. And when you start having those conversations, some people get really offended by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just so sad because it's like, that's not actually what God's asked us to do or be or, or follow. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, I think it, that's where church hurt oftentimes comes from. It actually comes from because you were serving for the recognition and, and the, it's not that the church hurt you. It's that you didn't get what you thought you should mm-hmm. from the church. And I think you're spot on. And, you know, there's been times where I have done something and then I step back and I'm like, I'm not joyfully serving. I'm not coming from a place of joy. And it's, I will do this, but I'm also recognizing I may not say yes, or I have to check in with myself before I say yes the next time, because this isn't how... I want to show up for God. This isn't how it should be. And if you don't have that ability to reflect on that, you're just going to get burnt out. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. And then all of a sudden you're right. It's the church that did this to me or the church made me feel this way instead of understanding, no, you had complete ability over control over your thoughts that entire time that led to the feelings and your actions. So, you know, stepping back and understanding, maybe you do need to check in with yourself as to why are you serving and do you feel good when you are serving? Like, do you feel that you're serving the Lord, that you're not serving the church to get, like you said, that recognition? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I love how Daily Grace said this. Our ministry efforts should be always be out of an overflow of the grace of God we received when we came to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And I love that they put the word out of the overflow. It's not out of the grace. It's out of the overflow of grace. Like you just have so... God has given you so much grace. It is just pouring out over you and onto others. And um, I think everyone knows the person that does that because the way you feel when you're around them is different. Um, When you talk to them, it's different. Uh, You know, you can just, just tell it's, it's all about God and just, they are just so thankful and grateful for what God has done for them out of the overflow of that gratitude is what they're actually pouring out onto others. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I love our online team. So for, for the church that we attend, we are both a part of the, the online team and the people on that team are amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. It is just this, you can feel that people love to serve in that capacity and be part of that online outreach and community. And it's just a different level of conversations when people are showing up truly to serve the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I think we're giving them a lot of great things to think about today. I think so too. Let me pray us out. Um, Dear Father God, we are so blessed to be in your presence, Father God. We are so blessed to have this opportunity to serve you and to serve you well and to disciple to others through this ministry. Uh, We are so grateful that we get to gather together and 
um, just talk about who you are and what you've done in our lives, Lord. And we know that there have been times where we have placed um, family and traditions and church on the same level as who you are, Lord. And um, please reveal to us the areas where we're doing that so that we can put you in your rightful place of on top, in the throne, creator of the heavens and the earth. Um, Thank you for all that you've done. And we are so grateful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. Like, subscribe, leave a review. We would love to see your thoughts about our podcast. Yes. And thank you so much about being on this journey with us of making heaven crowded. See you later, friends. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, there's a few things we would love for you to do. Share with a friend, like, and subscribe to our channel on YouTube or Apple Podcast, which has new episodes every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern, or find us live on Instagram on Fridays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Whatever you do, do it in faith.